John, you excited about getting on a plane to Houston? Well, I won't get into my spiel on Texas, but I'll say this. This should be a, a thrilling series. The Yankees, uh, I feel much better about them than I did earlier. I think they're on a roll at this moment. They've got power, they've got pitching, and I think they have a chance. Well, we're going to talk about that series. We'll wrap up their division series against Cleveland. We haven't yet talked about the Mets and how things ended for them and what they're going to do moving forward. We'll talk about both of those things. And we'll also talk a little bit about the new playoff format that seems to be upsetting everyone. That's if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. Well, John, we're sitting here in Midtown Manhattan. We have to go from this show directly to the airport together and fly to Houston. That's because as we're taping this last night, finally, this heavily rained, heavily off-date series between the Yankees and Cleveland Guardians, I did remember Guardians that time, uh, the Yankees prevailed. So I guess just big big picture, what you, would you think of this series? Yeah, I mean, I think the fans thought it was a relief. I think the players thought it was a relief. I think that clubhouse celebration was was rather sedate. Yeah, uh, they, not maybe because they, they had to get on the plane uh, well, and maybe, play today. I'm going to give them credit for being mature oh, and okay. understanding this is the first round. They have a long way to go. Uh, I don't think I've been in a – there was – there was water, I mean, I assume it was champagne on the right. floor, but I didn't see You didn't think sp- it was a slip and slide? No, going. they weren't spraying us. I don't think they were spraying each other. They were uh, very mature about it. So, I mean, I, I, liked, I took that as a good sign. Who knows? Uh, difficult to predict these series. Um, you know, I did pick Astros in seven, but, you know, I, I, think, I kind of feel like the Yankees have more of a chance than I would have thought going in here. Yeah, maybe they were subdued because they're f- familiar with this, right? And what we would consider... The Aaron Judge era these last six years. They made the playoffs six years in a row. They're five for five against AL Central teams. They've advanced all five times they've faced them. They're 12 and four against them. The only other time they've advanced is they beat the A's in a wild card series. They're eight and 15 against everybody else in the playoffs. That includes obviously two lost ALCS to the Astros. This is a step up in weight class for them. And this group, again, if we're considering this kind of the judge era, its team has changed a lot since 2017. When they've stepped up, they haven't stepped forward. Why would you think they can win this series? Yeah, first of all, you know, a lot of those wins against the Central were against the Twins, and the yeah. Twins just cannot beat well, the Yankees. three times against Cleveland now. But they were closer. There have been yeah. closer matches. You know, Cleveland has beaten them in the playoffs in the past. I understand different players, but I, I felt that the Guardians were a tougher team than those Twins teams. I, I never gave them any chance. I did pick the Guardians in this series. I was wrong. It happens. I've been wrong a lot. These uh, This playoff series have been some upsets Clearly, but, uh, you know, I, I thought their pitching was very, very good. Obviously, Savali did not look good yesterday. They went with a, uh, a guy on rest. There might be some second-guessing. Hard to second-guess Tito. is going to be a Hall of Fame manager. But uh, that may have been a mistake. Maybe with Bieber, it would have been a little bit better. Obviously, Cortez was fantastic, as you pointed out in the post. And Yankees pitching has been very good. You know, they've got that combination of pitching and power. They don't manufacture runs. Almost all their runs come on the home runs. But, uh, you know, if Bader's joining Stanton and Judge, uh, you know, maybe they can do it. I I feel like they've got a chance. I really do. Uh, yeah, I think Aaron Savali played the part of like Chad OJ yesterday, you know, like the weak right good memory. Yeah, weak right hander <laughs> who comes in to face the Yankees and just no 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 shot. So 
What do I think works against the Yankees is with the rain out and the schedule, which is a quirky schedule this year. We're used to, me and you've been around too long, there's usually an off day between games uh, five and six for a travel. There's not in this. So right now the Yankees, if this series went the whole way, are looking at eight games in nine days. And because of how this series ended, it's Jamison Tyon in one. It also means he's got to get five and that you know, so he's one, Severino's two, Cole and Cortez are three and four, all on um, normal rest or more. Then Tyon in five, Severino in six, and then Cole would have to come back short. Whereas Houston, they've been sitting around, I think Houston's played like three games in two weeks. Um, they, 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 they have, it's not just that they have four good starting pitchers, but they have three good starting pitchers who will be in their bullpen. So they have a way to get through this series with a lot of length from starting pitchers. And those starting pitchers dominated the Yankees this season. Yeah, I mean, on balance, I think the rainout helped the Yankees because they were able to go to Cortez. That was a good move by Boone. So I think they'll take it. They needed to get past this series. I understand that there's no rest. They're starting with Tyone, who, you know, he's frankly, he's a good pitcher. He's not Cortez. He's not Cole. I get it. They're at a little bit of a disadvantage. Let's not forget. Now, Verlander, obviously going to be a Hall of Famer, obviously going to win the Cy Young, one of the greatest pitchers I've ever seen, you've ever seen. However, in his last six postseason starts, he is 0-4 with a 6 ERA, something like that. So he can be beaten. Um, you know, I just, I, for whatever reason, I have a better feeling about this. I know people are into conspiracy theories about the rain. Look, they, both teams wanted to play that game. They tried. They and tried their hardest. And neither team is in control. MLB is in control. Right, right, exactly. So there's no conspiracy there. But it did work out in the Yankees' favor that they get Savali versus Cortez. And you have to get past that round. And I understand on paper Houston looks better. They were seven games better than the Yankees this year. Obviously, the Yankees... Had very weak moments at the end of the year. The last half, they were around a 500 team. I get it, but right now, the feeling I have off of that series, uh, the way the Yankees were challenged, I don't mind the lack of off days. They had two pitchers they didn't even use. They could add pitchers because, as you said, there aren't many off days. Marinaccio is added. I think that's a big plus. He was, in my mind, one of their two or three best relievers this year. You know, I feel good for the Yankees at this point. I, I think they have a legit shot. I know some of the experts are telling me Houston's the most complete team. All this, well, look, the Dodgers are out. The Braves are out. Short series, and we'll talk about the format yeah. issue later. The format controversy. I'm not sure why it is a controversy. Save it. Save yeah, it. The, the underdog often wins. So I understand the Yankees are an underdog. And the Yankees have sympathy now because they're playing the Astros, who are even more hated than the Yankees nationally. Uh, so it's it's kind of turned their tables, and it's going to be interesting because of that. Yeah, well, to me, the Astros, to some degree, have outrun the controversy since this is their sixth straight ALCS. I think it suggests that they don't need garbage cans or buzzers to win baseball games. Uh, to your point, there were four 100-win teams. Three are out. The Astros are the other. Now, the Yankees aren't exactly a limp team. They won 99 uh, games this year, so, so they're strong. But just you said something that I think is pertinent. Uh, earlier, which is home runs, right? The Yankees are good at two things. They're good at run prevention. They don't get a lot of credit for it, but uh, their pitching and their defense are generally good. Their defense get a little sloppy sometimes, but it's generally good. So their run prevention is good. The other way they score is home runs almost completely in this division series. Against Houston this year, they had against their starting pitchers, they had 15 hits 
in 42-plus innings. It was like 42 in a third innings, just against their starting pitchers. They had 16 walks. They had more walks than hits, and six of the 15 hits were homers. And so that's how they—all the games against Houston this year, they lost the season series five games to two. All the games were competitive within three runs, two runs, one run. Um, They got no hit in one of these. So to me, I think you've discussed the formula, which is they got to draw some walks and hit some homers. So I think pressure on Rizzo, Stanton, and Judge— Judge had two homers in this division series. He did not hit well in this series, though. They need a great performance from their best player. Yeah, I mean, you know, I th- he looked better in that last game, so maybe he's back on track. I think he was kind of thrown out of rhythm. It was, you know, he is a team guy, but obviously in the last two weeks, it, focus was on him and trying to break that record. Um, they were in the position they were going to be in, which was going to win that division, going to be short of Houston, not going to have the home field, and. It was all on Judge, and I think, frankly, you know, I mean, his family's there, Maris is there. He had to go for home runs, so I think he went out of his game, and uh, it took him out for an extra few days, and I, I, I feel like he probably is back now. Stanton has been a great postseason performer, so I have faith Tremendous. in him. Outstanding, and so Rizzo has too. I mean, Rizzo is a baseball savant. I mean, the guy, sometimes he does some quirky plays. That one where he's trying yeah. to steal, I, I didn't. But, you know, he, he gets away with it a lot. I mean, I think he is a I think savant. he thought he was invisible. I don't know. Glaber is the guy yes, who thinks they, invisible. They, Glaber and Javi Baez think they're, they're invisible. Right. right? Um, but, uh, you know, Rizzo is a great postseason performer. So I think he and Stan are postseason performers. Judge, I, I was surprised he had most home runs in the winner-take-all games in the history yeah. of baseball. Four, we so. play a lot more winner-take-all games these yeah, days than they used to. Yeah, obviously it's not going to yeah. be Mantle. It's yeah. going to be somebody who's played a bunch of rounds. I get it, but, I mean— it's still surprising because obviously the the guys on Houston have played many more postseason games. Obviously, the old Yankee teams have played many more postseason games. And Judge, frankly, has been good in postseason games, but he has not been like he was during this regular season. But I, for whatever reason, I thought going in, Houston was the biggest favorite to get to the World Series, the most obvious team. And that's why when I did the odds board, they had the lowest odds, even lower than uh, the Dodgers. But right now, I feel like the Yankees have a Pretty decent shot at it. I did pick the Astros in seven, but uh, I mean, coming off that series, I think that was a good test for them against the Guardians. The Guardians pitching is very, very good, and I know they, you know, they they play the game well. They have good contact hitters. That Quan is very impressive. Uh, obviously, Houston much more firepower, yeah. bigger, big difference. That's the difference. You got Jordan, you've got Altuve, who's a big power. Now he has not looked good, too good. I think he was 0 for 16. With a against, bunch of strikeouts. Yeah. He did this in and, 2020 and was, at one point. And he was yippy in the field again. Like, he was yeah. having some problems. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yankee yeah. Stadium, if he's yeah. yippy and they're, I, I'm going to guess, he's not going to get a good uh, reception. But he Stadium. hasn't gotten a good reception for a few years. He gets it the worst, and he kills it. It's like, it's like booing the wrestler, you, you know? know? Like, I he's mean, coming in off the top rope against them. Uh, yeah, and that's why I wrote a column back at one of the games uh Stop booing him. It's not. It's obviously yeah. not working, and uh, but it it's going to happen. And it's going to be worse because I mean, you know, I don't know if you heard it, but they were saying bleep Altuve. Yeah, some uh, of the players. I was with not, Ian going not, downstairs, yeah, and we right. heard it. Yeah, yeah, not not the players, but yeah. the fans were not already warming up for Altuve. So yeah. we'll see. He ain't but, Josh Naylor, okay? Like he's no, probably going to handle it pretty well. Probably, but right. he is he is right now a little behind, well, slumping. Yeah. So. So you, you, you mentioned they're better. The one thing that Houston has in common offensively with Cleveland is 
Cleveland strikes out at the lowest percentage in the sport. Houston's number two, but they had about 80 more homers this year yeah. than Cleveland. So, like, they're putting it in play, which kind of disturbed the Yankees a little bit in this series, uh, putting it in play. So Houston puts it in play, forces you to play defense. And to me, and we talked about this a little in the in the press box yesterday, John, I mean, I think Houston's favorite. I think the Yankees have a puncher's chance because of the run run prevention and the power. If they had a healthy Benintendi and LeMayu, two guys who I think would hit good pitching, lengthen the lineup, uh, just cause Houston to throw more pitches, play with guys on base more, that would be such a big factor. But they've already ruled out Benintendi. As we're speaking, we don't know on LeMayu and his foot situation. I would think it'd be very difficult for him to have big impact in this series. So I think the loss of the, the not the loss, but the fact that they might never show up in this series is a big factor. Yeah, I mean, LeMayu, from what I hear, is a three-month injury, not a three-day injury. Very tough guy. I mean, he would play if he could, obviously. I saw him working out at second. He looks fine in the field, but they say that he's not really He can't the same spin on his foot to hit it. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if you've got LeMayu, who's just a, a, you know, a defensive player, I'm not sure he's going to be on this roster. I think the biggest question is what they're going to do at shortstop and how they figure that out. And also left field with the Crawford boxes and the short left field. Do you think that they possibly go to I think Stanton they do play Stanton. in left field and then make Carpenter the deal? Because Carpenter, frankly, on the percentages, when he was healthy, was the second-best hitter on the team this year. So it would be a big plus. Now, he has not looked great in his couple at-bats, but he obviously has it in him. It would help their lineup a bit to have Carpenter in there and have Stanton play in the outfield. So, I mean, I don't know this for sure. So, I, I mean, I know Verlander's one. Is Valdez two? If Valdez is two, I think today— I would the, think so, right? I, I, I would think in game one, Stanton plays left and Carpenter DHs against the righty, and I think they see the four at-bats from Carpenter. How does he look? Because this year, as opposed to recent years, he actually hit lefties well in that whatever 200 oh, great appearance situation. So I think if he looks good uh, tonight, they might play Stanton in, right, in left field, in, you know, in front of the uh, Crawford box. It's a small I mean, he left field. was great this year. Yeah. But yeah. what about shortstop? I mean, it is interesting. Yeah. IKF, they loved him throughout the year. The metrics were good. He had that bad game in Cleveland. The eyesight was always bad, though. Yeah, you've said it. You've said it all the way through the year. I've I, been spending six months saying, are they watching well, your this? your eyesight's better than mine, apparently. Yeah. I don't wear glasses, but I, apparently yeah. maybe I need them. I didn't see it. Um, you know, they were professed confidence in him. That doesn't mean that much. They might have been thinking, you know, he's still a question because they certainly flipped when he had a little bit of a shaky game. I don't think he had errors, but a couple shaky plays, and they put in Cabrero, who is an infielder by trade, but... I mean, you know, to me, he does not look like, you know, Rosario or, you know, a guy who's a veteran the shortstop. The question is, at should they point. play Peraza He's, at shortstop and put Cabrera back in left field? That's what I'm wondering. Now, Cabrera is not a great – I mean, he's – He's an infielder by yeah. trade, so he's not a great outfielder. I, I think in Houston, they're probably going to do what we think and have Stanton out there, right? So, yeah, but at then, least for game one. I but think. shortstop is a question. You yeah. know, Cabrera's going to have to be in the lineup because he obviously can hit, and he, he seems to be enjoying the moment. Maybe not as much as Bader. Have you ever seen any? Bader reminds me of Leibritz, you know. Yeah. He loves this moment. I mean, he's a New Yorker. That's part of the reason, I think, small part that they got him. They got him because of the metrics and – Center field certainly wasn't the power. He had five home runs, but I mean, this guy has been unbelievable. To have three home runs to out Homer 
Judge and that homer Stanton. Well, just I like mean, the regular season, John, the Yankee center fielder's hitting a lot of homers. It's just yeah, it's right. Bader now instead of Judge. So why don't we wrap up this segment by going to the end, which is bullpen a little bit. There was a lot of worry about the Yankee bullpen, and so I don't know if this is Cleveland or not, but that, their end game guys were really good in this a series. Wandy. Unbelievable. Well, every day Wandy Eddie Guardado was... showed up on the Yankees. Incredible. He pitched in all five every games. Every game, and he yeah. was really good. I mean, the guy's got... Wysaga, uh, really good, right? Yeah. Uh, Clay Holmes, when he did pitch, I yeah. think he pitched in three games in this series. He yeah. was excellent. Not three, not game three, but three right, games. Three games, yeah. right. right. Well played. Yeah. You know, if they could get those guys to consistently in winning situations right. pitch well, I, I'm with you. Marinaccio pitched very well this year. Trevino pitched well at the end. Yes. It gives them, uh, again, with so many games in so many days... You've got to trust more. I, I, I mean, Peralta's amazing. Maybe he is going to pitch in all yeah. seven games after I mean, they, pitching in all five. But so you, I, you think they're adding pitchers now? I mean, certainly they're going to add Marinaccio. But, yeah. I mean, they didn't use Litke. They didn't use Castro. And they didn't use Herman. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was me. I thought Herman was pretty good this year that you would – Skip them for the entire five games? Yeah. I mean, I mean was there, mistake, but the question was, was there an obvious place to use Well, them? the one mistake, as we've all harped on, yeah. uh, Aaron Boone, right. Schmidt pitching in the key, yeah. ba- you know, in the middle of the lineup, either Schmidt needed to go first or Herman needed to go first there or something like that. To me, I like Herman. I don't know what, what they saw that I didn't see. I thought he was really good. Um, that Sometimes was they manage the game at 3 o'clock and don't manage the game in front of them. Yeah. That, I think was obvi- it's a, yeah. that was obviously a mistake. I mean, yeah. no matter what they, they say about audible Schmidt, great sometimes. you don't want your fifth best option pitching against the middle of the lineup in the key moment. And that was what they were 167-0 and with a multiple run lead in postseason games entering the ninth. And, well, we shouldn't harp on that. I mean, they did win the series. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be too negative. Let's be positive now. And I feel positive about them. I think they look good. One team that has to replace almost its entire relief core is the New York Mets. And when we come back on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, we'll discuss them and their offseason. So, John, we have one New York team obviously still going in the playoffs. The other fell out rather quickly. They had a very bad end game to their season. Couldn't hold off Atlanta, couldn't outdo San Diego. So now we're up to trying to see if they could do better in 2023 in the second year of the Billy Epler administration, the second year of Buck Showalter. And they have a lot of questions this offseason. They have multiple big uh, free agents, really big free agents, almost their entire starting pitching staff needs to be replaced or re-signed. Almost their entire bullpen needs to be replaced or re-signed. Where do they start? What's the priority? Well, the free agents. I mean, they've got seven really good free agents, and uh, they've got to figure out which ones to bring back. And Steve Cohen on our show said you should be able to build a good team on $300 million. It's an oft-repeated quote, and I, I, I take him at his word. I don't think they're going to go nuts. Obviously, he can afford it. They can afford it. They're doing better in terms of a from a business standpoint, even beyond his reported $17 billion. We don't know where it is now. The market's gone down a little bit this year, but you think who knows? 16 something? Uh, it may have, he may have gone up. I know I've gone down. You've gone down. Most of us. You gone picking down. at my financials? Well, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, you don't think you pay attention to that. So no. <laughs> no. I'm just guessing. Um, they got these seven free agents. So they got to figure that out. First, Carrasco, that's a tough call. It's a $14 million option. He's not a free agent yet, he's the eighth guy. Versus $3 million buyout. I think they probably pick it up because otherwise, what do you have as your as your starters? You have Scherzer, you've got 
Peterson, you've got McGill. You know, at that point, that's we need to do something. They need well, to let, do let, something. Let's do a full. I, you know, our colleague Mike Puma wrote about this situation yeah. with Carrasco in the New York Post the other day, and to me, unless he has. Your, your health stuff on him is terrible. Yeah. Isn't he worth a one-year, $11 million contract? That's what I think. I think That's, they probably right? do. Right, because it's a $3 million buyout on yeah. a $14 million contract. So but it's, it's an not 11 a slam million. dunk, is it? I mean, he's good. He had a, like a 97 uh, ERA plus. He was average this right. year, right? He was the one guy who did beat the Padres twice in the regular season, and then they didn't use him, and not to pick on them or anything with their— Sounds like you are picking Their postseason yeah. roster, which they did adjust the postseason roster, right? They started out with Jolie Rodriguez, right, and no Taiwan yeah. Walker. I mean— you know, they were, they were overthinking it a bit. I guess they came up with an injury for Jolie somehow, miraculously, yeah. uh, miraculously. Anyway, yeah, I think Carrasco is picked up. But those free agents, you've got seven, Diaz, Nimmo, Taiwan Walker, Adovino, Lugo, Bassett, and DeGrom. And believe it or not, that's my order to bring back. I, I You know, I understand the fans love DeGrom, but he's going to want $40 million. If you want to stay reasonable— it's you're gonna. It's gonna be hard to go up for forty million dollars for Degrom or or above. He may he may want more because Scherzer's got what forty three million, yeah. right? I don't know. Where where do you stand? To me, Diaz, you got to bring him back. Nimmo, I mean, to me, you got to bring him back. But that price tag's gonna be huge, so I'm not so sure on that one. Those would be the top two for me. But bullpen, you got to work on the bullpen too. Adovino and Lugo have been good. Yeah. So. Uh, it's funny you use the term reasonable. We're talking about a guy who's going to have a $300 million payroll. So right. it's already unreasonable to some degree, right? right? Is They're putting in a big effort. Yeah, Give him yeah, credit. Yep. So, but uh, again, I think our colleague Mike Puma did this exercise during the season where to bring everyone back would be about $340 million. And I bet you by the end, when we see what the final numbers are and everyone, it might even be higher than that if we figure out, like, if DeGrom goes to Texas and this guy goes there. Yeah. And we add it up. I bet you... He had the Grom with fifty million though. Yeah. I, I'm eliminating that yeah. fifty million. I, I understand the fans want him back, but no, I mean, no. I'm saying by the end, like if yeah. we look at like wherever Degrom ends up and add right. it up, I think the number might go would have been above three forty. If he's staying at three hundred million, uh, I think it's difficult, uh, priority list wise, to do that uh, and keep Degrom because I do think replacing Nimmo, a center fielder who leads off. It's very difficult. I mean, do you want to risk putting Marte back in center field and then you, I don't know, you bring in a Brett Phillips-type defensive guy yeah. to be his caddy? Um, do you hope a guy like McNeil could right. be your well, lead you know what the fans your, are going to say, go right. get Judge to play center field, right? Right, but that's, a, that's it, not but, but, but once you're spending likely. $40 million, what would be more valuable? At that point, I would be just bring back DeGrom if you're going to do 40 on one player. Oh, I would take Judge over yeah. DeGrom. Yeah, I mean, if I if it was me and it's forty million dollars, but what I'd what do they judge? Now, Judge is going to be many more years than Degrom. But look at the 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 thing is that in their situation, I if we're starting a team and you told me I could spend forty on either, yeah. I would do Judge. But they have no rotation right now. Yeah. Like like you've got to win in twenty twenty three, right? Like right. you got to be a good team. I think you could find outfield help. Like, if you're not Mitch Hanniger or someone like that. Uh, if, if I could get Judge for the same yeah. price as DeGrom, and that's my choice, I have to take one oh, of the Even other. on I'm this team, judge. and then you figure out the well, rotation. Well, they're, they're, they, they lacked power. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, to me, you know, they, they were not a powerful team. They did manufacture runs. Good for them. They'd have to go a different route, obviously. But Judge does it all. I mean, the guy steals. He's fantastic. No, he's a great player. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to get Judge. So right. I, let's not spend too much time on this. I probably shouldn't even brought it up. 
Nimmo, We've spent a lifetime. Maybe I, you're I bringing up stuff we well, shouldn't for, tell you. I, I know. You're right. But Nimmo, I'd love to bring him back, but I know that they're talking about how it could be $25 million a year for a guy who, who before this year, he'd been a little bit, you know, he had some injuries. I don't want to say right. injury prone. That's not fair. Like Judge. He had like injury, in their walk right. year, both guys were as healthy as they've ever been. Right. I mean, he had injuries in the past, but if you look at his record, the last three years, I think he's had an 800 OPS uh, he's improved in center field. He, he is great in the clubhouse, which is a bonus. I'd love to bring him back, but, I mean, the comps, I mean, I don't know where Scott Boris is going to go with this, but to me the comps are Ellsbury, and that was many years ago, as you pointed out last time. So I, I think we're probably looking at at least $150 million, and there's going to be some hesitancy, I think, to go there. Diaz, to me, is the easier one. I, I shouldn't assume because the Dodgers need a closer. I mean, to me, the Yankees probably could consider a closer. Uh I wonder. And they're going for a record. I mean, obviously, he's going to try for twenty million plus a year, and uh, it's not. I wouldn't say easy, but Diaz and the Mets. I mean, you got the trumpet guy. I mean, Diaz loved it. He thrived. I got to think that there's a a decent likelihood that they're able to keep him. So you mentioned the Dodgers and the Yankees, and it's what brings me hesitancy on giving a relief pitcher this much. The Yankees signed Araldis Chapman to what was then a record contract. We watched that contract die on the vine. The Dodgers signed Kenley Jansen to just below that and ended up uh, moving on from him and bringing in Craig Kimbrell, who was the other big closer who had the big money. I just think the job is so flammable. Now, I think because they have, again, it's like the DeGrom situation. They literally have no, Drew Smith is their best under control relief pitcher right now, right? Like they they, they have their entire, you mentioned the list, Adovino, Lugo, Lugo. even oh. Trevor May, uh, Jolie Rodriguez. Uh, these guys have to be replaced. You might not love them. They have yeah, to be I would replaced. Yeah, replace Yes, but they have five or six free agents in their bullpen yeah. plus Diaz. So it feels like they need Diaz back to just be the anchor at the end. And then you have to have cra- – yeah. I think across the board, because of what we mentioned before, John, that they're going to have – I hate to put the word only – a $300 million payroll. This is an offseason where Billy Epler and his baseball department, they have to have a great personnel offseason. they got to find some stuff at the margins, especially for the bullpen – that comes in and is helpful next year. They yeah. got to make their Clay Holmes but, but trade someplace. They got to bring Diaz back. I understand what you're saying. Now Kenley's still good even after that contract. He signed with Atlanta and is doing well. So uh, obviously Chapman in the long run did not work out. Uh, you know, obviously he's not the same guy as Diaz. Diaz. Kimbrel wasn't on the Dodger individual uh, playoff I get roster it. at the end. I get it. But got Diaz traded took out of that such contract. a step forward. And and if you look at the teams that lasted a while, Classe was a big advantage for Cleveland. Hater in the end, a huge advantage for San Diego. Now Suarez ended up being we, – we were marveled at this guy when we saw him pitch against the Mets. I mean, he's incredible. You have that shutdown closer at the end. It is huge, and it certainly added to the entertainment value. I think the Mets do a terrific job with that at the ballpark, and that, that added to it. I mean, Diaz is a terrific individual, and I think I think it's reasonable. These these contracts are reasonable. We're talking about $40 million. For DeGrom, who pitches, what, six, he pitched 60 innings this year, maybe 90 innings the year before. We're talking about $20 million, I think, gets it done, $20 million a year for a guy who's saving. I mean, 
The guy was automatic. It's huge. So to me, that's the most obvious guy to bring back. Yeah, I mean, I assume it's going to be five at ninety to a hundred million if you want to keep Diaz. Well, that's you're very the, yeah. It might yeah, be you're yeah. generous. I was going to say four at eighty, but you you might be right. Yeah, it's in that range, and it's it's an obvious number. Nimmo could go anywhere. Yeah. Who knows where Nimmo's going? You could tell me Nimmo comes in at one hundred million. Right. You could tell me Nimmo comes in at two hundred million. Yeah. Like depending on what an analytic team. Like the Giants, the Mariners, right. you know, those kind of teams seeing him like, yeah. wow, you know, on base, we think maybe there's still a little untapped power yeah. that could be brought out. He can play center field for another year or two before moving to a corner. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure that he really should get that because I always worry about a guy who gets healthy in his platform yeah. year. Really? Yeah, I think the Mets are – I think some of their people are on on the page with you that they're not sure. I don't know. You know Nimmo kept that uniform on for a long time, went out and took pictures. Did he expect to leave? I mean, looking at it from a distance, he's obviously a little closer to a situation than I am. It feels like Diaz is probably going to stay, and Nimmo – I mean, he's a, just like any other free agent. He could go, could stay. We don't know. He seemed to love it here. He's from Wyoming, not typical for New York, but uh, – you know, he hired Scott Boris, so, you know, I'm going to assume, and nothing, not that there's anything wrong with this, he's going to go for the biggest contract that he can get, and I think ultimately 90% of guys do that. I mean, Freeman obviously ended up doing that even though he didn't want to do that, so they all, they almost they all do it, so, uh, but he's tough to replace, I think, because unless you do that judge thing that I suggested yeah. earlier, because who's the next best center fielder on the market? Who's the next best leadoff hitter? Marte could lead off, but that was a big advantage having that Nimmo Marte one two punch. So yeah. that was pretty good. How about you move Marte to center and you sign Michael Conforto for a one year deal, get him back into the market the following year, show he's healthy. What do you think of that one? Sure. Uh you could do that. Uh, it's possible. Personally, if I had the choice between Conforto and Nimmo at this point, I'll take Nimmo. Right. Well, so would I. Yeah. Right. So but the, but, the, but we're, we were talking about like someplace between 100 and 200 million. Right. And maybe uh, Conforto was like on a Conforto. one year at what? You could get you know? a deal on Conforto. Yeah. Um, so maybe they would. Maybe they would. But that bullpen—that's to me the key. Adovino was great this year. Yeah. I mean, he's a New Yorker. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back. Yeah. Right. You know, a little, right. little more than Brooklyn. the four million. Right. Great. He played uh, little league with God's my, country, John. With Brooklyn. my uh, cousin's uh, son. Uh, yeah. I don't think uh, this Nate is going to be interesting to our uh, audience. Nate Hurwitz. Well, I'm a good chat. What was? For Nate. Give me a scouting report on Hurwitz. Nate Hurwitz is a good, good player. Not as yeah. good as Adovino. Yes. Yeah. So the Mets got bounced early. Uh, from the playoffs this year, and that's led to a lot of controversy, John, about this playoff format. And when we come back on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, we'll talk about that playoff format. John, you might want to cover your head here. I hear the sky is falling. Uh, (laughs) There were a bunch of 100-win teams that went out of the playoffs early this year, so everyone immediately decided that everything needed to be reconfigured because we're not allowed to have upsets in Major League Baseball in the playoffs. I think this bothered you more than uh, just about anything I've seen recently. You get bothered <laughs> by a lot of stuff. So tell I me was, what you think I about this playoff format. I bothered by people being bothered. I did not get this controversy. I thought it was the dumbest controversy I've ever heard that uh, we shouldn't have a five-game LDS, the the division series should be more than five games, should be seven games. It's always been five games, right? Why is now the time to say, because there were a couple of upsets, there are upsets in seven-game series. I mean, how many World Series have we been to 
where the team that was expected to win fell on its face. I mean, the first one that I covered at Newsday in 1990, uh, nobody thought that Oakland with the Bass Brothers was going to lose to the Cincinnati Reds. It went out in four games. I mean, you can go through history. We we saw the Cardinals, what was that, 06, uh, beat the Tigers. The Tigers had Scherzer and Verlander, right? Was it? Yeah. And, uh, I mean... They were the Cardinals were not very good. They won like eighty three or eighty four games. We see uh, upsets all the time with seven game series. So to assume that it's much fairer, I, I don't believe that. They play one hundred sixty two games for a seat or reason. It takes that long to figure out who the best teams are. Not five games, not seven games, and beyond that, these series were three to one. Right. So you're going to assume that the team that's got one is going to then win the next three games to make it now. Uh, just, I, I just don't, I didn't get it. Uh, you know, I know we wrote something to that effect. I saw other people write about it. I saw people get up in arms and on Twitter. I don't know. What did you think? You think we should switch to seven games? No, I think this is ridiculous. I think this is one of those places. I, I like that we always uh, have good uh, critical awareness when we cover our sport. I think it's better critical awareness than other sports. But the other sports all get celebrated. When this happened, I mean, I just want to go through this quickly. Last year, the Super Bowl was everyone loved the Super Bowl, right? Bengals and Rams—they were both four seeds, right? The the in in the in the in the previous round, the one in the seed, the 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 Packers lost to the six seed, yeah, in the 49ers, right? The two seed, the Buccaneers, lost to the Rams. Nobody decided. Let's change. Let's make the NFL playoffs right, the best. Are one of, game. Right, those best one of three like situation. We all love the NCAA tournament. An eighth seed from a region, North Carolina, got to the finals last year. We love that, right? right? Should we start making it two out of three in that? Last year, the Suns won like 64 games. They had 11 more wins than the Mavericks. They got bounced in the playoffs. Everyone was like, wow, Luka yeah. Doncic, this is great. In our sport, the Dodgers win 111 and lose a round to a team that's playing really well now, which is the history of October, is who's playing really well and is healthy now is going to win. To your point about the the 84-win Cardinals or whatever, like the the Mets in 1973, how many games did they win? Right. They had great pitching. They were healthy and hot at the right time, and they went to Game 7 of the World Series. That's a great story. This, and by the, But it's they also the it. history of our sport. Like the number one seed gets through and wins infrequently. Right. I mean, I think, you know, you're more of an NBA fan than I am, which means, you know, everybody is right. basically at this point, but good for you. And uh, I, I, I think in the NBA, the better team usually wins that first round uh, almost all the time. If it's certainly one versus eight, the, I don't think eight almost ever wins, right? And uh, a couple of times in history. One, yeah. but I, I think upsets are uh, part of sports. And uh, look, San Diego, uh, you know, Tried harder than anybody at the deadline. They spent a lot of money for a team in San Diego. They were rewarded. It's a great story. They've never won. I think it's great news that they are in the final two in the National League. I think that's awesome. The Phillies, they also tried at the deadline. They ended up getting Syndergaard and Robertson, an ex-Met, and a guy who probably should have been on the Mets. once again, a comment about their deadline. But, uh, you know, I think it's a great story. These are teams with talent who can get through these rounds. And there is no – I don't see a difference between five games, seven games. You're not – it's not going to matter. Like I said, it was three to one. The dumbest thing – the dumbest thing I heard was somebody said, oh, we should do it like if you win the division, you should be rewarded and get to pick whether you 
accept your buy or play and make the other team. No one's going to turn down the buy. I'm right. sorry. There, it, can you imagine if you're the general manager of your team and you say, we're turning down the buy. We're going to play this because it's pretty it, stupid. It keeps us from getting rusty. We're going to play this round. And then you're eliminated in that round. Well, look, how to the Mets? That? No right? one's the, Mets do that. the Mets led the division pretty much all season. Right. Got passed by Atlanta, and then we're at the mercy of playing a hot, healthy team yeah. with, to the point before, a great end game with uh, Suarez and Hader, and the Mets got eliminated. Right. So you want to avoid the best of three. I understand there's a rest versus rust theory. There's right. the, you, the, the, the top two seeds in each league now are going to get five days off. And, you know, how do you stay sharp? Simulated games aren't going to do it. Should Look, and it's very minor. Should we force those teams that are playing in that first round to have to play the literal day after the season ends and shorten it down to four games? You have four days, I'm sorry, between that. Would that matter much? I don't know. I mean, Atlanta had a four-day rest yes. last year, and they ended up winning the World Series. Right. Now they had a five-day rest, and everyone says, oh, it wasn't fair to them. Is it that big a difference between four days and five days? I mean, they just did not play well in that series, and I don't care if it was seven games. They were getting crushed. The Phillies are hot right now. The Phillies beat them pretty handily, so it wasn't going to change anything. But I couldn't believe how upset people were. Some in our office, won't name any names, Mm -hmm. but it was, to me, didn't make any sense at all. Seven games, you're going to get upsets. I mean, going back to the 1960 World Series, now this is your, before your time, Joel, yeah. but, I mean, the Yankees were a far better team than the Pirates. Everybody knows that. And the Pirates ended up winning, and that's the most, one of the most memorable and greatest it World Series of all time. It happens in every sport. It yeah. happens in every sport. I just don't understand why all of a sudden in this one, instead of celebrating it, look how excited the fans are in San Diego. Look how excited the fans are in Philadelphia. And to your point, these aren't fly-by-night teams. No, they teams. underperformed a little for 162 games, but like, write the names down on a piece of paper. Were the Mets really better than the Padres? If if you're looking and saying I could have roster A or roster B, was was the difference really 13 games? No, it, it wasn't. Was it was very close. Right. The Phillies and, and the, have top-level talent right. that is outstanding. And once they change managers. They became a different team. Yeah. I mean, they are a different team now. And they I mean, they weathered uh, not having Harper, who's their best player, for a long, long time and came back and got into the playoffs. I know they didn't have a great win total the first time. We have two teams that don't have 90 wins in the uh, LCS. A big deal. These are good teams with talent, interesting teams. Their fan bases are excited. They should be excited. Right now, the Phillies are a very, very hot team. I mean, you know, and it's not shouldn't be a shock. They have Real Mudo, they have Schwarber, they have Harper, and they have Wheeler and your favorite Wheeler and Nola at the top of that rotation. Uh, and you know, they do have talent in the bullpen. You know, seemingly for the first time, but they're performing now. So uh, you know, this is a good team. They're both good teams. You know, I guess over 162 games, the Dodgers are the best team. But you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's good for the game. Uh, but certainly not negative in any way that it was a five-game series versus seven. Yeah, you know, in some ways, and it's a little off-topic, John, but just you mentioned the Dodgers. In some ways, the greatest defense for the Yankees not winning, uh, you know, since 2009 is the Dodgers, right? Uh, they, they, they are really well run. They spend a ton of money. And since 1988, they've won one championship in a 60-game yeah. season. Well, not, it's hard to win. We're not going to see a dynasty like the Yankees yes. in the late 90s. It's a miracle what they were able to do. And 
I mean, now with know, even another round, we have another round, but yeah. they had they had multiple rounds yeah. then too, and yeah. they did it uh, just incredible to think about. They certainly had that pitching and the clutch pitching. El Duque, who you brought up today in the column with, about Cortez, uh, uh, Pettit, they, and they had Cone. overwhelming pitcher Cone, yeah. and they had overwhelming Clemens. Uh, they had and the greatest closer ever. Right, that yeah. helped too. Yeah. That helped too, though. Uh, yeah. If he'd gotten it in '97 and '01, they could have won another two times, yeah. potentially. Uh, but yes, the greatest closer is inarguably uh, of all time, and. I mean, it's amazing that they won as still as often as they did to win four championships. So, John, just to, to wrap up, uh, we're sitting here. The Phillies won game one of the National League Championship Series, which takes away the home field advantage from, from San Diego. What do you see in that series? What do you think is important going forward here? Well, it just feels like, to me, uh, the Phillies are the hotter team. Uh, even though Padres beat their nemesis, the team they couldn't beat, the Dodgers, and so much excitement – uh, I mean, the Phillies really wiped out the Braves, who are a really good team. Obviously, over 100 win team. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like the Phillies right now have the advantage. It's easy to say with a one nothing lead, uh, but uh, Harper has got four home runs. Uh, you know, Harper and Machado really two free agents we talked about forever, and we thought, yeah. well, maybe are the Yankees going to do it? And they ended up not doing it. But they got Stanton, and we can't knock Stanton at the moment. I mean, he's one of the reasons the Yankees are where they are, but. Boy, they've turned out to be great free agents. And, uh, I mean, the Phillies have great players. Padres have great players, but not performing as well right now. Machado is, but Soto is not. They they need to get Soto back, really. Yeah, the Soto thing. I wonder if we'll look back and the biggest story of the 2022 season was Soto not taking the money. I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. I don't I think, think we'll we're going to have to tin cup it. <laughs> no, but but, but be... it has been interesting. He has not had a good year. No, for for, by, for his talent, right, for his right. talent level, he hasn't had a good year. It hasn't been a good playoffs. There's more obviously to come, and we'll obviously talk about all of it uh, week to week here on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. Thanks for listening to our show, which is brought to you by the New York Post. Thanks as always to Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz and the great folks here at MCM who help us produce this show. Don't forget this show drops on the Yes app. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joel Sherman One. He's at John Heyman. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. And, of course, join us every week on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman.